What is going on? And muy buenos dias to all my Phillies fans. Happy Monday. Start of a new week. And what a better way to start off the week than the Philadelphia Phillies who are absolutely red freaking hot. It was a little bit troubling last Tuesday when they absolutely got spanked by the Atlanta Braves and where Phillies fans were thinking to themselves, oh no, we're going back down to this rabbit hole that we don't want to be in. But then they split the series against Atlanta. And then this weekend, they they not only swept the the uh, Washington Nationals, but absolutely obliterated them. So since the Chicago Cubs sweep that they, that they received after the All-Star break, the Phillies reel off a series win against the Atlanta Braves, a sweep against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a split against the Atlanta Braves again, and now has swept the Washington Nationals in convincing fashion. And on Sunday, while we were all kind of had our attention on the 1980 World Champion Philadelphia Phillies as it was Alumni Weekend, and you had the 80 80- team on Sunday coming out. They got their whole ceremony. They had a whole game dedicated to them. The broadcast was filled with former Philly legends from the 80 team to Jade Roll and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of nostalgia. I definitely think that that was important. And unfortunately, a lot of the greatness that was happening on Sunday between the 1980 team coming back and the Phillies absolutely spanking division rivals, Washington Nationals, it was all overshadowed by legendary baseball player Pete Rose, which we will definitely talk about in a little bit. But. I want to get to this game. I want to thank you guys for checking this out. If you guys enjoy this, make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe. We'll be back live again for the next game, which we, the Phillies, will start a series against the Miami Marlins, um, obviously, last night. Uh, so, so quick heads up. So, for day games, it's really tough for me to get a live recap right after the games. Uh, with my new job, I currently work 10 to 9 shifts four days a week, so that makes my schedule a little bit easier. Flexible, but also on days that I do work, it's tough for me to get the content out. That's why typically you see me taking putting out the content late at night. But obviously, with the day game, it was a little tough. And you know, as you guys know, I'm currently in the process of trying to move in a home that I did purchase. But there's just you know some little TLC that you got to get done in the house for all my homeowners. They know what I what I am talking about. And last night we just had to move in, start slowly moving in some stuff. The, the home is coming along, trying to figure out where we're going to put in this new studio as well. So um, definitely appreciate all the patience you guys have had. I definitely will be putting out this content, at least recapping all these games. We'll have some lives. We might have an Oi and Philly Sports live today. This, depending on how my physical uh, body feels. <laughs> Guys, got to work out, man. Got to get at least an hour of physical activity. And if not, I will go crazy and start breaking stuff. But, hey, uh, not, none, none of that, none of that. But, all right, enough about me. Let's get into this game. I wanna, this was a game where the Phillies, again, and, and we obviously didn't talk about Saturday night, but another dominating victory. The, the Phillies absolutely have been dominating this Washington Nationals team. Um, between the, both days, they put up uh, 24 runs in total uh, to the Washington Nationals, and it's just been that kind of series here for the Washington Nationals. Just had no answers for these Phillies bats. Um, and to, on Sunday, it started off in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, leading off the inning was Derek Hall. Derek Hall goes up to the plate. With his with the second pitch or with his first pitch, takes a uh, 91 mile per hour four seam fastball and buries his bad boy into left field to give the Phillies the early one nothing lead. But that was just the start. Bottom of the third inning, you got Kyle you got uh, Kyle Schwarber gets a single, followed by two walks by Reese Hoskins and Alec Bohm. Um, with the bases loaded at that point, with Alec Bohm walking, that would mean a base would come in off of a walk and that would make make the score two to nothing. Um, 
it was it was just an absolutely tough outing for the youngster here today for the Washington Nationals as the Phillies kept uh, just abusing him. Abbott just had absolutely no answers here for the Philadelphia Phillies. Poor Corey Abbott, uh, but they got two two on him in the by the end of three innings. But it really really got ugly. Excuse me, in the bottom of the fifth inning. Starts off with a Nick Maton home run for his second homer of the season, with Brandon Walsh, Brandon Marsh on base. He would that would bring in two runs, so a four nothing lead. Followed by a double by Kyle Schwarber, which then led to a Reese Hoskins home run. Reese Hoskins, ladies and gentlemen, this weekend had a home run in every single one of these beatdowns against the Washington Nationals. Four straight games, four straight home runs, and that would make the score 6 to nothing. But Derek Hall would tackle on two home runs in that same game, got his second one in the bottom of the fourth, and that would make the score 7 to nothing. And that really would kind of be it for the Washington Nationals. They added some runs late in this game. Uh, it was just a, a, a run in the top of the fifth, one, top of the fifth inning. Um, in which uh, Cesar Hernandez was able to line drive it in for uh, for uh, Yadel Hernandez to score, uh, and then you got a, you got another run that was brought in in the bottom of the seventh inning for Nick Maton. Nick Maton had an absolute great game, almost hit the cycle. He had an RBI single, he had an RBI double, he had a home run. He really was he really made the bo- most of it. We'll talk about him in a second. And then the Phillies in the bottom of the eighth would tack on five extra runs. Bryson Stott. Uh, would bring in, uh, we had a double that would bring in three runs. You had Brandon Marsh to get a single, would bring in two, and two extra runs. Um, and then Nick Maton would double again, like I mentioned, and made the score 13 to 1. And that would really do it. He had some of the bench players coming on in, and the Phillies would walk away with another series sweep here against the Washington Nationals on a 13 to 1 final score. And, and on top of all that, on top of the batches absolutely doing their thing, doing what they usually do, 13 hits, 13 runs off of it. Uh, it was a very dominant performance by Aaron Nolan. He was really overshadowed by it. Six innings, he allowed five hits, only one earned. He had five strikeouts. It was a solid outing by Aaron Nolan. They didn't need to do too much. I mean, when you're getting that run support, and remember, that's something that Aaron Nolan is not really used to, getting that much run support by his team. And, and it was a solid outing here for Nola, 91 pitches only. Didn't really need to, and that's the important part is understanding that you didn't need to put Aaron Nola out there for a long game when the offense was really carrying this baseball team. Let's get what we can from Aaron Nola. Let's get some work from this bullpen, and let's conserve, conserve Aaron Nola for as much as we can. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we're not used to this right now in Philadelphia, but there is a red October right around the corner, and the Phillies have put themselves in a primo spot for that position. And here's the thing. Like a, like a week, a week or two ago, we were talking about, okay, how do we make the wild card, right? How do we make get ourselves comfortably? How do we separate ourselves from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, as I was just about to say, the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, I just was about to say that. Um, but the, the thing is here, ladies and gentlemen, um, the Phillies have put themselves in a situation where they can now compete for top wild card spot. They are with this with this series sweep. They are four back of Atlanta. They are only half game back of the super team San Diego Padres, and. Dare I say, are the Philadelphia Phillies one of the elite teams in baseball, at least in the National Let's forget the whole league. In the National League, the Phillies, the way they're playing right now, you got good starting pitching, right? You got Zach Wheeler, Aaron Ola, obviously aces on many, on a lot of teams, on most teams, those are aces. Kyle Gibson and Ranger Suarez have proven to be great mid-rotation guys. And obviously we didn't talk about Ranger Suarez on Saturday, but I thought he was really good as well. 
and then obviously you got Noah Syndergaard, who's st slowly starting to figure it out. And once he gets, uh, once this pitching staff, once his pitching coaching uh, gets a hold of his stuff and gets improves upon his stuff, I do think that he will be a solidified third or fourth guy. But I think best case scenario, I think this is why that making the move for Noah Syndergaard and having guys like Kyle Gibson and Ranger Swad to step in their game up is Noah Syndergaard doesn't have to come in here and be Thor. He can come in here and be Noah, be the fifth starter every five days and give us what you get. Five innings is fine. I didn't like on Thursday. You know, he gave us five innings. Obviously, Mother Nature really helped us out that day, but it really looked ugly at the end. I mean, we were able to survive and it was a 5-4 game, but I do think that if that is the beginning of what Phillies Noah Syndergaard is, I think that it is promising because I think that there is a lot of work to be done, especially when you're talking about a guy coming off of Tommy John surgery. And you got to really know the rehab is the most important part about it. The aftermath of the surgery is really the most important part about it because it really can dictate how efficient and how successful a pitcher can really be following. It's a really serious injury, but done taking care of the right way, it could actually improve upon the player. So I, d I feel like the Phillies have themselves a really good starting rotation. The bullpen has obviously been really one of the best bullpens in the National League. Crazy to say that after the past couple of years, but they have solidified themselves as a strong suit of this baseball team. And then last but not least, something that we've always known is the bats. This team can hit with the best of them, but I think that what is most impressive, especially over the series, is that you got confidence from a lot of young guys so far. I mean, Derek Hall just hit two home runs, and he's, he's – what is he going to be? I mean, this is a dude who can obviously come playoff time, can be someone that could be a bench piece, come in and give you some pop, give you some power coming off the bench. Now, obviously, it's going to be tough when Bryce Harper comes back because more than likely he cannot go back out on the field. So you're more than likely going to have to do what you did in the beginning of the year, having him DH for most of the games. And so where does that leave Derek Hall? This is a team full of DHs. You got Reese Haas, you got Alec Bohm, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, a bunch of guys who could play the DH position. But I thought Derek Hall looked really solid at first base here today. So. That could be something that they could be rotating, but obviously when you got Reese Hoskins, especially when Reese Hoskins is hot, you are not sitting Reese Hoskins for nobody. Um, obviously, Alec Bohm has been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and in this national series, flashing the leather. Now, I will say that one that one out, I think, was the sixth inning where he uh, gets the – it was two outs, gets the ball third base, and he's just, like, trying to get that out of first base when he, all he needed to do was just tag out at third base, but he decided to – make it tougher, throw out at first. It was a nice play. It probably was not warranted, but it was definitely a nice play by Mr. Uh, Alec Bowman. I can't take anything away from him. I mean, Nick Maton, we just talked about it. RBI single, RBI double, a home run. And I was so happy to hear the news of him coming off of the IL and them, you know, putting back down Yaito Munoz and bringing back Nick Maton because Nick Maton provides a little bit more, a little bit more of a bat than what Yaito Munoz can. Yaito Munoz is like a is a grit and grind type of player. He'll he'll give you all the effort possible. He'll get you a nice little chopper. Uh, he'll run out at first base. He'll give you that hard work stuff. But Nick Maton's got a little bit more skills, a little bit more polish as a player. So having him on the bench makes me feel a little bit more. Comfortable than Yaido Munoz, and, he, and if he's part of this bench come playoff time, I feel really comfortable about that. I think Bryce's style is going to improve upon. Obviously, you saw his bat being effective here in this game, which I thought that was very, very important. Uh, and, and, and I just think that overall this team has some depth. Brandon Marsh is going to fall in as well. Um, but if you have the latter part of the lineup producing, bringing in runs, bringing in pop, Eddie's off pressure off your Kyle Schwarbers, your your Reese Hoskins, your Nick Castellanos. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is good team baseball. And that's what you saw here this past weekend over the Nationals. And look, 
they are they're they're going to and I'm telling you they're going to contend for top NL wild card spot like it's crazy to say that after a week but it is going to happen and and I, and I don't think anyone should be surprised now I do understand the argument that the Phillies have played the Pittsburgh Pirates have played the Washington Nationals but the thing is you need to remember this is also a team that has lost series to the likes of two teams like the Nationals and like the Pirates in the past it shows growth. It shows that this team is not the same Phillies team that we've seen in the past that has collapsed in September baseball. This looks like a team that is hungry <clears throat> and wants to, and wants to do right. I mean, there was no shades of Gene Segura on Sunday, and yet these guys still power. And Gene Segura is another player who still needs to get comfortable and still needs to get acclimated back since coming back from injury. I think this team is different. And I think this team, despite who they played, are getting better. This, to me, these type of series, these type of games are games that are building confidence for the long haul of this season. And you just got to watch out. You absolutely got to watch out. Great series win here. Um, obviously, on Sunday, the the play on the diamond was a little bit overshadowed by the 1980 team, which was definitely dope to hear. And I think that Crocky brought up a good point that, and I think Larry Bowe is on this as well, that I think it's still very important to honor these old teams. And I think the Phillies, you know, in, in, in the future should still find a way to honor that 93 team because that 93 team kind of exemplifies what we want in our baseball team. And I think that especially this current Phillies team could use a little bit of that moxie from that 93 team despite them not winning the, winning at all. Um, they were pretty damn close. They went up to a really good Toronto Blue Jays team, but I digress with that. But I think it's very important for these baseball teams to continue honoring the past and remembering – the past of this sport because you know you got a lot of kids coming up and a lot of these kids are don't even know any history when it comes to baseball or their organizations that they are playing for making millions of dollars on and i think it's an important part about it um and you know that 1980 team was pretty historic was the first world championship team that we had here in philadelphia it was cool seeing all those guys cool seeing ruben amaro despite what some of the fans may feel about ruben amaro seeing him walk out with the 1980 team in his bad boy jersey now people know that he was a bad boy his like his connection to this baseball team is pretty freaking remarkable from his dad being a, a a great player with the ball club being a bad boy coming back and playing for the team in the 90s then coming back being in the front office getting all the way to general manager being the general manager of one of the most critical periods of Phillies baseball. It's truly remarkable and obviously a lot of people, and you know, he probably holds the blame as well. I feel will blame Ruben Amaro for the downfall of the Phillies that we have seen the 10 plus year playoff drought. But honestly, like a lot of those moves that Ruben made, I can't fault him for. He went all out. He wanted to bring a championship back to Philadelphia, and he did everything he possibly could. It didn't pan out, and that happens. When you gamble, it's not always going to go in your way. So I don't know if a lot of the criticism towards Ruben Amaro is deserving. He at least tried. A lot of general managers in this sport don't try, and I think that's important. But um, the lounge, I thought it was a little bit too much. I don't mind an interview during a game for like an inning. It has to be intriguing, but it just felt way too chillax. Um, there's a lot of going on on the baseball field, and I know that with this sport, it's one of 162, so it's kind of tough to be doing the same damn thing day in and day out. But I thought to me it was just a little bit too much. Um, I What I would have done is I would have gotten some of the best uh, 
some of the best players that people or some of the best players that people wanted to hear the interviews from and bring them in the booth one by one, not just having like four or five guys in there. And of course, we need to bring up the elephant in the room, and that was uh, Pete Rose. Um, obviously, Pete Rose got invited back. Uh, he was not he was a very important part of that 1980 team. If we didn't have Pete Rose, we probably wouldn't have won the 1980 team. And when you think of baseball, you think of Pete Rose. He's one of the best players of all time, and you definitely appreciate him for what he's done to the sport. Now, what I want to talk about is stuff that is important to me as a human being, and it's something that we do need to talk about. Um, a lot of people came in defense. A lot of Phillies fans came in defense of Pete Rose. Um, you know, the whole Hall of Fame discussion got brought back up, which I really don't care at this point. I don't know why we're still bringing that up. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Barry Bonds not in the Hall of Fame, so let's stop worrying about who or who isn't in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, that organization is a little bit flawed. My problem is, is people coming in defense for a gentleman who is a certified predator. This is a man who was in a relationship with a 14-year-old girl. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to how else to paint that picture. That is a sexual predator, ladies and gentlemen, and that is what I don't defend. And the people defending Pete Rose is like that's that's his personal fault. Like people saying like that is a mistake, downgrading the fact that a old man in his forties, fifties, sixties. I don't know. I don't care. Messing with a four. I think a guy my age, a guy. I'm listen. I'm 20 years old. I find it weird when dudes my age start hanging out with girls in that age in that age bracket. Like even if she's 18, I still find that weird. Now lawfully, that's not that's normal. But I listen. I digress with that. But there's something wrong if you really don't see anything wrong with a man of Pete Rose's stature messing around with girls, not women, girls. That are 14 years old. And if you want to defend that. This probably ain't the channel for you my friend. But I will say as well. I really want to commend Alex Coffey. Her journalism through the first year of the Inquirer. Absolutely spectacular. And I really commend her for coming out. As a woman. And obviously as we do know. And still in sports reporting and sports journalism. There are more women. But definitely not enough enough women in in that industry. And her to come out and speak out for women. I thought that was huge. I really did, and I really commend her for it. And the way that Pete Rose kind of responded back to her was an absolute despicable and expected type of response from a man of that stature. It's really, it's really remarkable. So if you guys want to defend Pete Rose, that's on you. I, however, will not be defending any sexual predators. That's not what I do. It's not how I, I, I live my life. So um, it's just not what I will be doing. But um, it is, it is interesting. I don't, I don't understand the reasoning of bringing Pete Rose to this weekend. I understand the significance to the baseball team, but you do know what he has and what he has done. Oh, and by the way, what he did in the in the broadcast booth, that is going to put the Phillies and NBC Philly into trouble. You cannot be cursing and talking like that on a national live broadcast. Like, what are you thinking? Like, what were you thinking? And you put you put Tommy Mc. Now John Crookie's having a blast. Like Crookie, Crookie is just is a free flowing guy. Like he's oblivious to what's going on. But Tom McCarthy, he's got a tough job there. He's got a he's got a quarterback this whole room, and it's tough. And it definitely was tough. So, I I really like Sunday. It kind of was just, it should have been, a beautiful day, just honoring the eighty team and just spanking the Nationals and let, leaving them with that broom, letting them leave Philadelphia with that broom. But, man, it, it just it really just put a black eye on it with the P Rose stuff. It really did. It just quite honestly did. So. Um, I, I, it is what it is. You guys can give me your thoughts in the comment section. 
positive or negative. It really does not matter. You guys can leave your comments in the comment section below. All right, so let's look at our next game, huh? Shall we? All right, so tonight we'll be back in action. 7.05 first pitch for the Philadelphia Phillies. They will be hosting the Miami Marlins. Now, here's a question. Will it be the same Phillies against the Marlins? Obviously, before the All-Star break, we were able to sweep those dudes, and it seems like the Phillies have kind of turned the page since um, that Cubs series. What will we get tonight in Citizens Bank Park against the Miami Marlins? you got Zach Wheeler on the mound going up against Braxton Garrett, lefty, 2-5 and five on the season, 3.88 ERA and 66 Ks. That'll be the question. We'll see what happens. But we will be live for that one. We'll be live for that Phillies game recap right after. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that one. Thank you so much for tuning in onto this Phillies game recap. The Phillies, again, looking on fire. We're talking a five-game winning streak, and they're heading to back. Well, they're staying home, and they're playing against the Miami Marlins. So we'll see what happens. Guys, in the comments, let me, let me know what you thought about this game and this weekend. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe for more. And, of course, you can find us wherever you stream podcasts from Apple, Google, and Spotify. Find us under Oi in Philly Sports. Uh, thank you so much for watching, guys. And until next time, I'm in Parcero Philly. And you guys, enjoy your day. Let's go, Phils.